The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow, a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. I think one of the um, most important realizations of these readings is that, you know, we need to fall in love with the ordinary aspects of our faith. There's so often where we get sort of seduced by that we need an extraordinary intervention to happen for some sort of grace to actually come in our life. But that's not what happens most of the time. Most of the time, you know, grace comes into our life through really, really ordinary ways. That you can kind of see there with like, with Naaman, you know, he just, he's like, that's it? <laughs> you know, you just want me to wash myself in the Jordan? Why couldn't I wash myself in this river or that river or do this, do that? I thought you were going to like lay your hands over me like a priest and do, it's just like often it's not what people think. And so you're, and you kind of want to say like, are you the doctor or am I the doctor? You know, it's kind of that, that sort of thing with God. Sometimes we want to prescribe to him what we think he should do so that we should be healed, which is like the most prideful and arrogant thing ever, right? But we're just like, but yeah, you're like, no, Lord, you know, my will be done, not thy will be done. You know, it's such a temptation for all of us to step into that, into that world. It's just like, Lord, I have prepared the plan for you, for me. And so if you would just take a quick glance at this as you're doing everything, it's just like, it just doesn't work like that. And these readings are, you know, so evident of that, that reality. Um, yesterday at RCIA, one of the things we were, we were talking about, I was mentioning this very thing. And, and again, realize that there's these great illusions for where is Jesus baptized? He's baptized in the Jordan. And what happens? One of the things I always tell those, those folks who are having their child baptized or preparing for baptism is that Jesus is not baptized because he has original sin that he needs to be cleansed of, but he makes the waters of baptism holy for all of us for the rest of time from that moment forward. So there, there's also a foreshadowing there of what the waters of baptism do. But we have all these ordinary moments that the church gives us by her authority that actually help us have grace in our life. And I was talking about um, venial sin and mortal sin at RCIA, and one of the things that's amazing that sometimes we just don't realize is 
if you just come to Mass alone, if we have venial sins, and those, venial sin is one of those things that there's too many to, for us to even account for. Just even little moments and interactions of uncharitable acts that we have in our life. You know, this is sometimes why there, there is something like purgatory is actually a gift from God to cleanse us from these kinds of things that we can't have 100% accountability for in our life. But when we just walk into this church, three different times you have the opportunity to be cleansed of venial sin. When you bless yourself with holy water, that reality actually cleanses you from venial sin. And this is one, one somebody who was a Protestant convert was just like, wowed, you know, by that, that whole reality. And then when's another opportunity? When all of us as a community say together, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. We own up to each other that we're sinners. And then what happens right there? There is a small, a minor absolution. What do I say? May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. And then if we're in a state of grace, we're free from mortal sin, and we reverently receive our Lord in the Eucharist, once again, you know, cleansed from these venial sins in there. Now, of course, if we take a big fall, that's why there's a sacramental reality of the confessional to free us from a mortal sin so that we can reconcile with God because we sort of effectively cut ourselves off from grace. But he gives us all these ordinary ways. And so sometimes there's this temptation of why. It's like, because God gave the authority to the apostles, to his church. So the church has the authority to give these things back to his people. And those are the ordinary ways that we get to receive our Lord in, in his graces in our lives. We don't need these extraordinary interventions. Um, sometimes they happen. Sometimes the Lord sees it fits to intervene in an extraordinary way. But I think we just have to fall in love with the ordinary. I actually think that that's probably why many of you started going to daily Mass in the first place, because we do start to fall in love with the ordinary, because we realize what God is actually doing for us every day, every single day, and just these small things, even those sacramental items that we might put on every morning, ha have great power for us, just like those people who reached out just to touch the cloak of Jesus. They knew the things that touched him even had a certain amount of power just by being close to him. And so we have many, many ordinary things in our Catholic faith that help to keep us on the straight and narrow. And like I've said about these sacramental realities, you know, we get sanctifying grace from the sacraments, but it's sort of like a doorway or a disposition when we have sacramentals in our life. They sort of help us to be properly disposed to receive his grace in the fullest way that we possibly can. God bless you all.